Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. The podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health and find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris and as always, I am joined by Alberto and Jim. At least for a few minutes, we have Jim. How's it going, Jim? It's good, sir. I have a uh, work event coming up here in just a few minutes. So I am actually sitting in a uh, bowling alley parking lot at the moment, uh, getting ready to go inside for a work event. But I wanted to be here for just a little bit because of our guest this week and, of course, to chat with you and Alberto as well. Absolutely. I'm doing pretty well. Got home. We're, we're we're recording this at a different at a different time than normal. This is a Sunday afternoon, and uh, so it's kind of a, a different time. I just got ran home from church, and and it was a good morning at church, and got uh, had a good service, and and got a lot of stuff done before church uh, to uh, set up some tech stuff that I had up there. And so it's it's been good, um, and and all of that. Alberto, I think you are. Um, are, are are making smoke signals down there in Pflugerville. Oh, absolutely. It's finally not a million degrees out. You know, when it's triple digits, uh, running the smoker just does not seem appealing. So I have, I don't think I've smoked anything since probably like my birthday, actually, end of August. So, yeah, it's, it's cooler weather out. I fired up the smoker this morning. We've got some ribs, a couple of extra ribs going on there. Uh, coming along quite nicely. So I haven't lost my touch because uh, <laughs> for those guys that uh, smoke on an old-school stick burner, it is equal parts art form, <laughs> yep. equal parts science to keep yep. that thing running at the temperature you want. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. My, my wife and I, we built at a 55-gallon drum smoker. And that, you pretty much put all the fuel that you want in, set it and forget it for hours on end. It's amazing. Um, all you do is control your airflow. And that's for my wife, that's pretty easy. She's... Uh, very, very experienced with these big, uh, big, big smokers and everything like that. So it's yeah, I think uh, my issue was, uh, with all the rain we've had recently, mm, I think my wood was a little, yep. a little damp, a little more damp than I'm used to anyways. Yep. Yep. That could definitely happen. Well, um, any news to report, Jim? I, in fact, actually, I know we have news, but I'll let you, you share it. Um, I guess the big news is that we have officially crossed 3000 members of the keto man's club. That's what I was thinking. Um, yeah, uh happened this weekend, and uh, by the time uh, this podcast gets up, you'll definitely see the 3,000 celebration uh, cover photo in the group, and maybe even 3,100 by the time this actually gets up, because I know we're a couple of weeks out. So, yeah, um, yeah big big uh, milestone for sure. We kind of teased it last week on the program, and um, I'm excited. It's, it's an amazing thing in under three years to reach this many guys all over the globe, as we'll find out um, in a few minutes here as well. And so just thanks to everybody for continuing on with the keto love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Seeing really good things. Um, that, of course, following up our our uh, episode that we talked about, getting to 3,000 and uh, 10,000 downloads, the, we really appreciate the support that we've gotten from our uh, listeners and the community that has surrounded us in the Facebook group. So that's really been a very, very cool thing. If you aren't a member and would like to be a member and you qualify to be a member, i.e. a man and one that's not a beginner at keto, make sure you go to theketomansclub.com and uh, click the link for the group. 
and sign up. If you don't qualify or you just want to follow the podcast, feel free to visit the same website, theketomansclub.com, and use the link for uh, the Facebook page so you can see news updates, uh, announcements for when the episodes uh, are released, and things like that. Uh, definitely some good information. All of our links, including our social media, is there at that website. So please uh, don't hesitate to go out there and check it out. Uh, let's go ahead and dive right on into this week's uh, guest. He uh, he is joining us. We're, we're doing this at a different time, like I mentioned, uh, because there's a bit of a time difference, and we are uh, blessed to have uh, Carl K, the, the the man that we have dubbed the keto world's most interesting man, uh, to join us. And so, welcome to the show. Uh, uh, afternoon, guys. Uh, Hugely embarrassing, but thank you very much. For it. yeah, it's, great to, it's great to be a guest. Thank you for including me in this. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure how to deal with that as a, as a title, but I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stick that on the wall for a few days and, and see how I like that little hashtag. <laughs> yeah, like it, like it. Nice one, yeah. So, yeah, it's welcome from uh, not-so-sunny England. I was listening to you guys talk about the weather there, and over here uh, we've had some incredible rain, more so than you usually get in the UK. It usually rains. Uh, you know, more than it should, but we've had around four weeks of this nonsense now. Got some flood alerts over uh, all over in the country. Uh, I travelled over somewhere a few days ago, and there's um, fields flooded, houses flooded. It's, uh, you know, mm. it's not it's not much fun at the moment in, in yeah. autumn or fall, as you call it, and uh, especially so this year. But anyway, thank you for inviting me, and uh, yeah, um, let, let's let's talk keto. Absolutely. So um, we want to start at the beginning, which is where we normally uh, start anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. And so take us through your uh, through the start of your journey, through um, through you finding keto or at least the, the need for keto. Talk to us about all of that. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. So um, it's around uh, November 2011 over here in the UK. We have what you guys probably know is the national health service and they keep a close eye on you and uh every year you go along for your mot you know blood pressure and they take some blood or or urine sample and you know and so on and so forth and got to 2011 i was 49 years old and i uh, went for my usual uh blood pressure which was a little high but you know, I was overweight, and um, and then I had that little call back that you get, which is, oh, you've got elevated blood sugar, um, which came as a surprise. But you know, having said that, in hindsight, it shouldn't have done. Uh, I was overweight, and um, had a chat with my doctor, who said, well, you've got these options around medication, and you can do this, and you can do that, and he said, you know, you're basically uh, in a T2 situation, and. By sheer coincidence, I'd heard a um, radio uh, interview earlier that year where they'd done some research in the University of Chicago, I think it was, where they had um, some some patients who reversed type two due to having a um, you know um, a reduced carbohydrate diet. Now, even though I wasn't, you know that that wasn't necessarily important to me. I remember thinking, wow, if you're in that situation, that's a real game changer. And sort of storing that in my memory. And there I was a few months later, having been delivered this piece of news. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm 49 years old and staring at a, a lifetime of 
possible medication and um, changing my lifestyle. So I went away and did some research and um, I went down the Ducam diet route initially. So a little bit of what I thought was best for me, uh, which was just cut out the carbohydrates, read the Ducan book cover to cover, digested the principles of it, and set sail at that stage to um, reverse T2. That was my plan. So that was, I say, December 2011. I, had a, I went back to the doctors, I would say, January the next year, and um, my blood sugar was normal, my blood pressure um, was normal, and I'd lost around 50 pounds. Um, not no, not within the first two months. That's optimistic, but I lost over fifty pounds. I would say in within three or four months, but certainly the blood pressure had normalised, and um, the the um, you know blood sugars had had gone back to a, an acceptable level. So that's kind of how I started. It was one of those short, sharp shocks. Really, it was a case of having to, mm-hmm. um, you know, and not accepting. Um, the norm, as it were, uh, and taking responsibility for my actions. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I started. Very cool. And I think that's a, a trend that we're seeing with some of our guests is that we'll get the uh, the diagnosis and we will walk away and go, you know what? No, I don't accept yeah. that. Yeah. And that's important. I think uh, us taking our health in our own hands and taking responsibility for that is is also a form of, of taking responsibility for our decisions that got us there to begin with. Lord knows I made plenty of bad ones to get me to where I, I was before I found uh, this way of yeah. life. And so definitely, uh, you know, I, I get that completely. Um, so, yeah, we uh, so that's a, a fairly typical story in, in that. Now, um, you. How did your family react to that? What was that like as you started moving into this new way of, of doing things? Uh, well, I, um, I, I've got a grown-up family. My son doesn't live with me, so you know it's myself and, and my wife. And um, it was a case of you know I sort of sat down there and said, well, you know this this is this is bad news potentially, um, but I've got a plan. So um, activate that plan and. And what has happened? I've, I've everybody's been along with me a lot on that journey, so I've had no um, no negatives um, because I was very fortunate that I started to gain traction very quickly and get those quick results. So you know, I'm, I'm one of those kind of people. I've decided I'm going to do something, so I do it. Um, within six weeks, it was noticeable. I had people saying those things to me. Like when I, uh, I, I had people at my office, for example, there is similar kind of condition that I was, and perhaps a little bit younger. There was one chap in particular who worked with me. I would call him my right hand man at the time, Gary, and he um, saw what was going on with me after about six weeks, and he said, "I want a piece of this." <laughs> so we. We, we visited a diet plan for him that he was comfortable with, that, you know, he, he knew he could still have his little treats because he wasn't in a, he was, he was younger than me. He was about, uh, he'd be, say, eight, nine years younger than me. So he wasn't in a T2 situation, but he was certainly carrying too much weight. And he saw my results and thought, well, yeah, I, I want some of this too. Um, so we had a bit of a thing going on in the office, and I've still got the chart somewhere where everybody – who worked with me, with the exception of one lad who was probably in his early 20s and in great shape, 
and didn't need to do this, but everybody else was kind of my age and 10 years younger. Uh, and they all wanted to drop some weight and get into shape. So we had about five or six of us having weekly weigh-ins and, you know, and counting carbs and, and getting on board. And we saw most of the people, well, with the exception of one who kind of plateaued really, but everybody dropped some significant weight. Everybody was kind of happy with it. And uh, we were all supporting each other. I remember the chart went from the beginning of January and I think it topped out around about June that year. So we had six months of people consistently supporting each other. You know, we had that um, support network at the office as well, which was great, and at home. So, uh, yeah, I, did, I didn't have any problems with that. I didn't have any negatives, um, which I do here. You know, I read these posts and people saying, well, I want to do this, and perhaps you know, they've got family and friends who, you know, instantly throw their hands up in horror and say, well, you're going to have a, you know, you're going to die in a week and you're going to have a heart attack or, you know, that that kind of response to a, a higher fat, higher protein diet instantly horrifies them. As soon as you say, I'm not going to have whole grains and I'm not going to have wholemeal pasta, um, you know, things like that. And, and, and instantly they think, right, you know, it's going to be game over. I'm going to be burying you in a year. Um, but it isn't the case, as we know. Um, yeah. Very fortunate, I'll say. Very fortunate that I had people around me, people I worked with, who um, saw the results and, and got on board with it. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic! First of all, to give you credit for uh, owning your health and and taking advantage of it, and I will say that to anyone who is who is taking on the task of doing that, because while it's something you can say very easily, like yeah, I'm just going to do what I got to do and and you know stick to the plan, it's usually yeah. doesn't end up being as easy as it sounds. You know, everything's easy when you talk about it, but when you actually start to do it and you realize the commitment and you find yourself in situations where it's just easy enough to slip off, you know, that, that, that can get a little sketchy. And, and for every guy that I, that's, that I, we talked to that, that has stuck with it, I'd like to, to commend them. Uh, so yeah. two quick questions for you. First of all, how, mm-hmm. how, old, how old are you now? And, uh, uh, just, uh, yeah, sorry. Go. Uh, and uh, what – is it that you do for did for work and do now for work? Because I understand you're semi-retired, and I think everybody yeah. knows that you you really really know how to relax. <laughs> I don't yeah, think your leisure yeah. time is in question <laughs> that's, here. That's that's part of the quid pro quo of the retiring and the relaxing means that I've really have to up my keto and fasting game to to keep up to speed with uh, the nonsense that goes on around me. But uh, yeah, I'm 56 now. Um, uh, I hit the magic 55 last year and I was on holiday. I was um, in uh, on Santorini for four weeks for my 55th birthday. And it was while I was laid on a beach, I thought, I don't need to do this anymore. Uh, so I went back to the office for one day and then said, uh, right, I'm retiring. So I went on what they call gardening leave over here, which is a polite way of saying go away, don't contact anybody for three months, and then here's your um, your retirement check. Please go away. Um, so uh, I, yeah, so I retired last year. I worked in uh, design mainly for 33 years. I was what you would call a, a professional manager of people. So I ran design teams, uh, mainly office-based um, and client liaison, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I had uh, a few months late last year to just come to terms with the fact I don't have to get myself out of bed in the morning if I don't want to um, and just take it easy and finally doing some 
some maintenance on the house and cutting the grass more often and those kind of things. And then I um, I realised that I do I could do I do need to do something to obviously stay active. And by sheer coincidence, I'd met some people last year who were asking me what I did and would I like to work for them. And I said, well, no, I'm I'm thinking of not doing these kind of things anymore. And they they said, look, if you're ever in a position where you want to have a chat and and whatnot um, about a career change, give us a call, which I did. So I'm now working as a consultant, uh, and it's very light touch. I mean, you know, I'm talking phone calls mainly from home um, with things like property investment, alternative investments, um, things like that. So uh, I I get to talk to people around – uh, you know that that kind of thing totally different from what i'm used to um, but it is people related it's chatting with people who you know want to invest in in something and uh you, you i'm basically a, a signpost to that i do get to do a bit of traveling and meet people and uh and whatnot so so yeah that's what i do these days <laughs> i will say uh you're doing it right because uh my father for instance uh decided to retire and I swear he retired just so he could work more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I do wonder how I used to fit the work in, if I'm absolutely honest, because I just sometimes find there aren't enough hours in the day to get everything done. And I thought, oh, I, used, I used to do a job on top of this as well. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's, um, it, yeah it's, it's the staying motivated. is the thing. And what I mean by that is it's the, the physical side, because it's very easy to to become lazy um it's the path of least resistance you know stick netflix on make a coffee oh it's a bit cold outside i don't fancy doing this and before you know it a day's gone and you realize you've not really shifted any weights and you've not done this and you've picked at food and you start slipping into those ways so it's good to have it's good to have some structure to the day uh, and a purpose and a focus so uh, you know we're designed to move you know we are animals at the end of the day and you know, I think it's we've got to we've got to be mindful of that and and keep ourselves active. Uh, yeah. So, in in the in terms of activity, are you do you do a, a generic uh, workout routine on a regular basis, or what what do you do specifically to stay active? Yeah. Right. So, uh, I, I joke. Well, I say I say jokingly referred to this, but this is uh, um, you know, I. I th- absolutely seriously right i always try to insert a bit of humor in when i post things on the group with the guys but um in the morning um i still wake up early because that's something you can't get out if you've woken up relatively early for all of your adult life um you just can't turn that off Mm -hmm. so i i still wake up at 10 to 6 in the morning um and sort of you know come round as it were make a coffee uh, and I go downstairs to make a coffee, and I have a, a kettlebell that sits in my lounge, 16 kilogram. And in the time it takes for my kettle to boil, I can do 75 reps. Now, I use it as a dead weight. I don't swing it because that's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got plenty of dents in the floor out here where I've dropped the kettlebell. So, uh, But I use it as a dead weight to do curls and overhead mm. presses. Now, I, I probably make three coffees in the morning before I finally properly get out of bed because I go back to bed, listen to the radio, you know, and check Facebook and do things that you do. 
but I can do 200 reps uh, with the kettlebell in that dead time it takes for the kettle to boil. Now, mm-hmm. that sounds trivial, but that's 200 compound moves that mm-hmm. most people just stand there looking out the window thinking, oh, what am I going to do today? Shift some weight, you know, have something there that you can just throw around and, and do that. So that's sort of one side. So um, how I you know refer to that is you, you you're getting your furnace stoked early. You're getting your metabolism going uh, and keeping it keeping it going along. And then probably four or five times a week. I know you're only supposed to work out perhaps two or three times a week, but I, you know I have the time to do it. And I come over to this. I have a, um, a garden room over in over in the garden, uh, which is like a home office. And I've got some uh, free weights here and some other kettlebells. And I'll do, and I set a target to do around 200 reps. So there'll be sort of 35, 40 kilos of curls, overhead presses, perhaps a little bit of floor work, and uh, and some yoga. So and all of these things combined um, help me, you know, just 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 keep my, keep active, a um, bit of fluidity to the, to the day, and uh, and build muscle because that's that's the other side of this. Um, you know, I've been relatively active and sporty uh, in my younger life, and then I sort of stopped playing sport in my mid-30s, and then the weight started to pile on. You just carry on as usual. Your heating habits remain the same. And then one day you wake up and think, hang on, I'm 50 pounds heavier. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a combination of things, as we know. It's you know, it's just life gets in the way, and, and you don't realize. And uh, so as we as we touched on earlier on uh getting into keto dropping the weight was lovely and i see photos of myself when i was like 49 nearly 50 and you could see i've lost all this weight but there was no muscle tone there mm-hmm. I, I didn't meet my body halfway is how i refer to it and um that's probably the one thing at the time but obviously i've redressed that but it's taken time to do it um that i wish i'd done immediately would be to not going crazy, just doing some moderate exercise to to build muscle mass uh, and to help with you know your, your skin tone and your general metabolism, as well as the diet because they do complement each other. So uh, that's probably what my takeaway from that statement is: the diet's exceptional without a doubt, and it and it and it's great and it works. Um, but when once you get into a situation where your body can stand a little bit more uh, activity, um, start picking up some weights. You know, uh, they don't have to be crazy. You know, you know, we're not talking about going down the Arnie route here. Just uh, pick up moderate weight and um, and and help you uh, build muscle. And you, you can't really lose any. You've got a great combination. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think this is. Um what you're you're proving or, or suggesting with your regiment is that for for people who are starting to lose that weight they're starting to I got to this point where at 40 pounds lost I had so much energy that was being yeah. flooded into my body as soon as I saw the camp gladiator which is kind of like a boot camp style outdoor workout thing that we have here locally in Texas as soon as I saw that, that is like an eight or nine dollar, like full month of, of workouts thing, I was like, I have to do that. Yeah. Like an uncontrollable, I have to do that type thing. And so I signed up for it and yeah, I got, you know, really into it. And it was really good. 
Um, so I, I really did get a lot out of just moving during that time. But the other half of that that I was going to say with, with what you're saying is it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be yeah, simple. Yeah. You can use two or three things. I've got a couple sets of dumbbells in my closet. I've got a set of bands. Heck, I've got way more than I really need. But I have all the equipment I need here in my home. What excuse do I have not to get moving? What yeah. excuse do I have not to to do a little action? Now, luckily, I'm still just a little under 40, so I'm I've got plenty of time to continue to build the muscle and everything like that. Just like you, you, you're, mm-hmm. you're taking the chance now to build the muscle. It's probably yes. a little harder for you because unfortunately, hormonally, you're at a different place than I am. Uh, you're a little, yeah. you're a little head than, than, than where I, where I am. And of course I would probably be in the same place if I wasn't on TRT. So, you know, that's another half of this, but, um, but there, you're, you're taking in, you're taking charge and there's still plenty of time for you to reclaim that part of your health and, and be active. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I would say if nothing else, it's a, it, what you've been able to accomplish. I mean, you look great, you know, is a testament to, to the process. You know, you're not doing a whole lot. You got your, your diet pretty well dialed in and, and it shows, you know, it, it clicked with your body, your metabolism's in good shape and, and you're reaping the benefits of working it into your ultra luxurious lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> It is. It's. Uh, it is. But the, the, you're quite right. The. the um, I'm, I'm very. I seem to be very fortunate that um, you know. If I pick up some weight and start throwing it around, um, my body does seem to respond to that. So I'm very. You know, there's obviously something going on there that ha- hasn't been damaged. But. Um, uh, but one thing I would touch on. I. I. I um, and this is the other thing that that sometimes comes up here is the diet's great. The exercise is great. And one of the things that I wish, I wish there was um, an, an easy way of getting this message across to people, and it isn't because lifestyle gets in the way, and that's the sleep, the repairing. Um, and I, I'm, you know, I'm a. It's one of the things that I keep coming back to with people say, you know, I'm doing this, and I, I'm, I'm hitting the gym three or four times a week, and I, I've, I'm, I'm on zero carbs and this, and I don't seem to be getting anywhere. And uh, and then when you ask them about the sleep patterns and, and they're sleeping four hours, a, you know, four hours a night uh, or broken sleep and things like that. And and, and there, there are no uh, easy, easy cures for that because you can look at somebody's diet and say, right, this is what you need to do and then go away. And as long as they don't lie to themselves and stick to it, you can't go wrong. And the same with the exercise, you know, if, you know, do 10,000 steps a day, pick some weights up. Cool, great. You, you've you've capped that one, but if you're not uh, if you're not sleeping and you're not getting that kind of is it delta sleep? I'm not I'm not a, I'm not an expert here, but that kind of sleep where your body after about four or five hours starts to properly repair itself mm-hmm. and um, and build, then you're always going to be chasing you know chasing the dragon there, and it's um it's one of the things that sort of breaks my heart a little bit when you, you see, you know, you're trying to help people and you can see these complexities within the lives. And if you could just get these people to sleep for eight hours <laughs> somehow, um, I'm sure um, everything else would fall into place. But uh, yeah, this is one of the things that, uh, you know, that would be what I'd say to somebody. To, it, I don't know what you have to do, but in the, that's one of the things you really have to look at to give mm-hmm. you give your body an opportunity to repair it because it will only repair whilst you're sleeping. You know, um, hit the gym all you like, but you need to mm-hmm. you need to hit the sack. 
Absolutely. And the ironic thing there is uh, like, you know, in this world we live in where everything is yep. just go, 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 hustle, 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 get yep. ahead, get ahead, get ahead. You know, you're almost yep. commended for cranking out 16 to 20 hours of labor with little sleep for yep. what you're hoping is, is a, is a good retirement. And then, you know, all the, the stuff you've been hearing about lack of sleep, possibly leading to Alzheimer's and other brain diseases. Cause you're just not, you're not giving yep. yourself the break. So it's a little, little ironic yeah. twist there. And, and, yeah, and the, the most ironic part is, is what does sleep cost anyone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you cross, if you're crossing that line at a certain age of life and you're broken and you can't enjoy it beyond that, you really have to visit, you know, you really have to look at what your priorities are. But I, I, you're absolutely right. You can say this and you can advise and you can say, hey, you know, dude, whatever, stop doing that. But it's not that simple. It really isn't. And you're dead right. We, we live in a society where you say we, 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 um, we put people on a pedestal because they've got the foot to the floor and they're doing all these great things. But, um, you know, you, it's, you've got, you you got your one life, and um, you've got to be careful with it. Um, but yeah, that, that's the one thing that that always it comes down to this sometimes. And I read and I read posts and uh, and I see people asking for help, and I think, oh, if you could just take the extract them from that, and you know, put them in like a I don't know, desert island for three months. <laughs> And say, right, here's a fan, you know, deliver a fantastic diet for every day, go for a walk, and you know at the end of that 12-week period, there'd be a different person. But um, mm-hmm. the world is, is uh, expects so much of the truth. Days. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, with, with the sleep, I've taken a couple months away from the gym because I was getting up at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning, burning the candle on all sides until 11 or midnight, and then, yeah. you know, sometimes later – and then getting up and doing it all over again the next day or a day and a half later. And it was just, I was literally just tearing myself down. And so I've taken a, a, lot, a lot more time than I thought I would away from the gym just to relax, rest, and try to recuperate and regain rhythm in, in my life. And now I've added, um, I've added uh, this new thing of Krav Maga for this month to see, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. but that's something I can do in the evening instead of in the mornings. And so that's going to be an interesting thing to, to see uh, change in, in my, in my, my environment here and get moving again, because I really got to the point during Carnivember that I had that energy. I had, I had to move once again. So that's, it's been really good. Um, so Carl, what, um, when you, one of the things that you excel at is as you're traveling, as you're, uh, as you're, uh, trying to relax and you get to go to all these places, you do a very good job of staying within the world of the keto food space, regardless of where you are. Uh, how about you go into some of your favorite tips or tricks or, or whatever that looks like for you, uh, for how you stay keto whenever you're on the go? Um, yeah, it goes back to, um, well, the, firstly, there are no substitutes for willpower. Um, so that's, that's an unfortunate statement, but that's true. So you have to be that guy. Um, but what I would also say on the back of that is don't be that guy. And what I mean by that is sometimes you have to go with the flow. And I don't mean go crazy and, and hit the, you know, and hit the bread counter or whatever, but um, be mindful of other people. I mean, I went through, I think most 
I don't know whether everybody, this is true of everybody. I went through a vegetarian phase in the 90s. Uh, and what was obvious to me during that phase of my life is um, it wasn't easy for people around me if I was being that vegetarian. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't a, an extreme uh, person, but I am I'm principled. So if I decide that's what I am, uh, I didn't wear the badge or the label, but I would go out of my way to ensure that I ate within you know my tolerances. Now, what that taught me was, don't be that guy. Um, you know, eighty twenty rule. There's a you know there's a lot to be said for living your life by that. You do your best, try and make that twenty percent count for everything. But um, when it comes to things like traveling, um, in the early stages, I became a bit of a carb Nazi. So I. I kind of memorized everything. You know, I'm one of those people, I read a jar, I read a label, and I think, right, that's got that's got some hidden carbs in. That's supposed to be zero carb, but I know that it's got some fillers. And you end up with this database you carry around within your head. You just do it. it it's not something you can do overnight, but it, it comes with time. So uh, if I'm out on the road, uh, I, will, I will always, always try to skip breakfast. Um, the old, forgive the pronunciation, autophagy or autophagy, however you want to pronounce it, but I'm big into that 16-8 fasting thing. So I'm instantly um, out of the gate, not worried about um, that first meal of the day. So that makes it easy. Um, when it comes to uh, food, eating out or you know grabbing food on the go, I will always go for that sort of deli counter thing whereby, you know, it's it's just the meats, it's just the chicken, um, um, uh, the water. Um, and, and okay, it, it can be difficult at times. I think this could also be slightly cultural. I mean, um, you know, I've spent some time in the States and the temptation level is off the scale. Mm-hmm. Um, it's we're catching up with you. Don't worry, we're mm-hmm. the fifty-first state. You know, we're you know we've got Taco Bell now. For God's sake, you know <laughs> they're not they're not everywhere, but you know they are there. But you know, I'm sorry, but, <laughs> but that's the reality. Is that that you know we the fast food. You know, we, we I'm not joking. Back in the eighties in the UK, I'd heard of Subway. I'd never seen one, but I'd heard of it. Uh, and I'm not exaggerating here. They are. They there must be like two thousand subway restaurants in the UK, and they're literally everywhere. They're in nearly every Seven uh, Eleven convenience store at fuel stations. Um, so when you've when you've gone from a nation which had we had a bit of a fast food culture, we, for sure, uh, but we are now uh, full on. You know, it's just there. The temptation is literally around every corner. But to answer your question around uh, the food and the travelling, if I'm eating out um, and, and you're handed a, a menu, um, if I'm struggling around that menu thinking, well, there's this and there's, there's carbs in this, I'll just then default to the steak. Um, and saying hold the fries or hold the veg is always difficult, but um, it's down to, it is down to your level of willpower at the end of the day. Um, you know, and you, you've just got to dance around it. But um, I don't find if I'm if I'm eating out and I'm with people, um, everybody has their own tastes anyway. It's not like we 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 order as a collective. Um, you'll always get the guy who'll order the pizza. You'll always have the guy who'll order the burger. And there'll always be somebody who'll order the fillet steak. So 
it's not like you're um, down one track, you know. Um, so I, I, I don't know if that answers it, you know, answers the question generally speaking. What I would say is probably my, my statement for everybody is the temptation is real, and um, and and you've got to you've got to dig deep sometimes. But um, you know, I, I I do a bit of pre research as well. If I'm honest, if I, if I'm away and I'm going to a town that I've not visited before or a city, I'll do a little bit of research. Um, I've been through, even though I'm mainly primal now, but I've been through my paleo phase. So I'll stick in that into a Google search and look for those kind of restaurants that offer that kind of clean eating, lowish carb option, and I'll gravitate to those. You know, absolutely. So it, 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 I think the the main thing that I'm kind of picking up from that is that don't worry about what the other people that you're eating with are, you know, worried about, you know, just order what you need to order. If that's just me, if that's something yeah. special, if you need to customize the meal. And the, the other feedback that I've heard from other people that actually work in professional kitchens is absolutely tell us what you want because there's nothing more that we want than to have you enjoy our food in a way that meets your needs so absolutely. not yeah. to be a, not to be afraid even if you're in an area you know in a different different country or whatever just making them making them aware of what your dietary needs or disneeds are <laughs> What you yeah. don't need um, are they? They are willing to work with you most of the time, and and to to find what that sweet spot uh, yeah. that yeah. To, to meet your your needs. Now, um, so let's see, Alberto. I've I've kind of dominated. Go, you go ahead. I'll just sit here in the corner, minding my own business. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, no, you you actually uh, stumbled across. Or I shouldn't say stumbled. You stated something that is clearly obvious that I do all the time. That you know I probably take for granted is I mean you got your phone in your hand. Like you know I'm I go to random cities all the time and and yep. like come lunchtime I'll be researching restaurants close to the hotel for what I'm going to eat for dinner. Yep. And it, you know and nine times out of ten on Google the menu is available or someone has taken a picture of the menu and attached it so that there's, there's always a good chance. I mean, you'll know instantly if it's just not going to work out, but it's always worth yep. doing a little tiny bit of research and it's not nearly as difficult. And uh, one, <laughs> I will add that one benefit I have now is that if I'm going out with uh, you know coworkers or other people, like they are well aware of my eating habits. So it's almost a spectacle and they'll actually pick restaurants because they want to watch me eat as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You, you, um, you, I, I've been through that phase. Uh, I think we all have. Uh, the, I'm talking about the ones who've probably been through the journey and you're in sort of two or three years in and then you're sort of experimenting and, um, you're hybridizing what you're doing and you're, you're playing around with, with your macro. I mean, I've never really counted a set for cars, but I've never really bothered with the, the macros thing. But I remember my sons uh, had a had a barbecue a few years ago and uh, I everybody took all sorts of food. It was uh, his birthdays at the end of May, so the weather's quite good. We're having a barbecue. Everybody's brought mainly meat, you know, the, the, the and I took um, a couple of kilos of pork belly. So I'm cooking pork belly, you know, casually, just, you know, sitting back, having a chat with everybody, and I'm, I'm snacking away on pork belly for a couple of hours. And uh, this woman sidled up to me and said, um, you, you need to be careful. You know, you're just, you're just eating fat. 
you know, do you not want one of these burgers? Do you not want this? Do you not want it? I said, well, no, no, I'm perfectly fine with this. And she's, and then this was that moment, that, that beautiful moment in your life when she said, well, if you, you know, if you carry on like this, you'll get fat. And I was, um, I mean, this doesn't apply today, but I'm going back sort of two or three years. And I was probably at my leanest, you know, sort of about, about 10 to 12% body fat. Uh, and I was really pleased with where I was. I thought this, you know, just looking super lean. So I sort of pulled up my vest and tapped the, the washboard. Some can said, well, so far, so good. <laughs> and just carried on with my day. And I, But the, the, the thing is, um, that sounded like I was being a little bit cheeky and sarcastic. But the crazy thing is that person, I saw them uh, at Christmas. And I would say about six weeks after that incident, they went low carb and dropped about three stone. They'd obviously gone away and thought, hang on a minute, what's this about? Uh, and don't, now they would never, ever admit that it was the conversation they had with me. And I'm not saying it necessarily was. Maybe I was just one small extra piece to the jigsaw maybe they'd seen some other people gone away you know done some research but it just seemed to be remarkably coincidental that that same person um was uh, well they you know they they look fantastic they just dropped this way you know, and i thought yeah there you go yeah. proof proof in the pudding or not the pudding proof in the cheese <laughs> <laughs> so so for those of us that that don't speak british i'm i'm going to convert the three stone that equals about 42 pounds and then yeah, six, yeah, sixteen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we 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 hop around because we've got this stupid metric system. Um, he said it. He said it. Everybody heard that. Yeah. <laughs> we, well, the, the, the problem we have here is uh, we we have the same system as you, uh, but we also have the metric system, and they run in tandem. This is the crazy thing. So uh, I use feet and inches. Um, until I get down to some small measurements, and then I use millimeters. And the same with weight. Um, you know, I, I get four ounces. I understand the pound. but uh, And then I'll say, which is around about, you know, 500 grams. And, and we, we kind of use the two um, at the same time, and it, it becomes a bit of a nightmare. So I find uh, weight is easier in kilos because it's a straightforward linear scale. You know, it's one to whatever. Whereas stones and pounds and ounces take me back to my childhood um and i've no idea what i weigh in stones but i can tell you what i weigh in kilos <laughs> not a problem and i can tell you i'm six foot two i don't know if that's 1.85 meters i'm not entirely sure <laughs> so we have this ridiculous system miles per hour of course we have that yeah uh, you know we just drive on the proper side of the road, not that, that, that one you do. <laughs> my, it, my mom went with my, my great uncle to England one time years and years ago at this point, and, and uh, my uncle made her drive. And yeah. so she had to get used to driving on the left, and that was yeah. uh, quite the, the journey. I think they even got the, the new driver or, you know, sign for the window or something. <laughs> yeah, please. And we have roundabouts as well, which you don't have in the states, do you? We don't you have, have we don't have many. They're actually taking on some steam. We've got one one at one of the uh, the men the main areas here in Round Rock. They they spent all this time renovating this the the streets around downtown. And one of the mm -hmm. things was they put a roundabout in so that there wasn't so much stop at four stop at a four way turn. Yeah, uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Yeah, are the cultural differences there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> roundabouts. I'm not entirely. I'm not entirely convinced. But anyway, yeah. 
They're interesting. <laughs> interesting yeah. to see uh, Americans, uh, you know, negotiate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not pleasant. Not not behind the wheel, anyways. We are not pleasant. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think we're I think we're culturally similar in that sense. You get, go and go and drive in Greece or Italy, uh, and that, that's a different level altogether. Um, you know that, that 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 takes it to a to, to the next to the next level of crazy. You know, uh, what do they say about um, Italian driving? It, it, they don't have a they don't have a rear view mirror, do they? Because if it's behind you, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Speaking of anyway. speaking of driving, uh, what what is your what is your vehicle of choice? What do you enjoy them? I'm sure you've got. Do you only have one? First of all, I, I have now. I'm retired. I'm down to one. Yes. Oh, um, okay. I drive, okay. I Double drive question. In, yeah. Double question. I, what What do you drive now? And what was your favorite vehicle like of all time that you've owned? Uh, I drive a Mercedes SLK, which is one of those hairdresser. We call them a hairdresser's car in the UK which is basically a, a way of putting you down because they're mainly driven by... I've, do you know, I've never seen a, a, a hairdresser drive one, but it's a, <laughs> we, we, have, we have what you call in the UK uh, bants, which is basically we just give each other grief constantly. And if the more grief you give somebody, the more you love them. So if you see a guy in an SLK, you say, well, it's, it's a girl's car. You know, it's a hairdresser's car, and, uh, and which is basically a way of saying I love your car, uh, which is kind of reverse psychological. Um, I had uh, – I've got a newer one, but my original SLK, which I got just before my 40th birthday, uh, was my favorite car of all time, uh, and I sold that this year. But I'm not actually a driver. I'm a biker. So, oh wow! Uh, yeah, uh, I yeah I I learned to drive quite late in life. I was in my well into my twenties before I learned to drive. Um, I've been riding motorcycles since I was sixteen, and um, although I've dabbled with several bikes since, uh, I, I bought the bike I still have now in the uh, ninety seven, which is a Honda Blackbird. So anybody who who's into bikes will understand what that is. I've had other bikes in the meantime, but it comes back to the Honda Blackbird, which I still own. Um, and I'm not entirely sure I will own anything as good. And it's still in the garage. I don't do anywhere near the miles I should. Um, the weather isn't great in the UK for for, bi- for biking all year round. Um, so, you know, I it's my preferred method of transport, but that's what I do. I've had a Subaru Impreza, which was which was fun. I had that as a sort of a daily, as you'd call it. Um, but I, li- I like the, the Benz is kind of a, it's not a bit gentlemanly. It's not, it's not a sports car. Let's be honest. It just gets you there. <laughs> you can peel the roof back um, uh, and get a bit of sun on your head. And that's mainly what it's about. You know, I take it nice and easy. I'm in no rush and, um, and I do enjoy it. Yeah. I like the sun on my head. Yeah, that, that's kind of what it is. I like I like being on the outside. Mm-hmm. So having having a cabrio means you, you're sort of exposed to nature. I'm not saying I'm like a you know I'm naturey kind of guy, but I like that not being inside it. I think that's I think there's some psychology there, maybe. Yeah. So that's that's that. Well, uh, answer any question maybe hopefully. <laughs> well, there's also the benefit of vitamin D exposure too. That, that's a legit thing. So, and because it's, I'm bald as a coot, you see, I generate lot, <laughs> lots of vitamin D. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, uh, 
say you're you're to to walk into any random restaurant or bar and sit down and 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 like other than maybe a steak, what would you order um, both for food and for drink? Um, right, yeah. Well, it's, it's down down to that carb thing again. So um, if I've got all the carbs in the bank, so I've had one of those days and I've fasted. Um, I, if you'd have asked me this question six months ago, I'd always say red wine, uh, a Merlot, um, because I know there were six grams in a glass and I know I can get away with three glasses a day, maybe four, um, because I'm in cruising mode, my, my, um, sort of ceiling is around 50 grams, but I'm, I'm, I am at the moment going through a bit of an attack mode where I'm trying to run it lower. Uh, however, what I have noticed with red wine as I get older, and certainly as I, when I go on holiday, it's actually quite inflammatory. So even if I take it quite easy with red wine, uh, I do swell up and I have water retention as a result of it. And I've actually proven that with a bit of N equals one uh, in the last few months. So I've I've gone with uh, a bit of Prosecco recently, a bit of Fizz, because you, you get the instant buzz with it, but I can't drink much of it. I soon tire of it, uh, which you could say is a good thing. Um, all the drinks, definitely rum and coke, because we're talking absolutely almost zero carbs. Uh, I go with caffeine-free coke, and, uh, and I, know, I know I've got to sort of reset myself the next day if I, if I have too much of it. But that's kind of my drink of choice, uh, Cuba Libra, something like that. Food-wise, um, I'm, you know, I, I'm, there aren't many things I don't like. Uh, I like seafood, um, you know, um, anything from prawns or, or um, uh, squid or, you know, that kind of thing, uh, crab. I, uh, I, I do default to steak a lot, but, um, you know, I, I'm I, I'll see what's on the menu, and I think mm. I, I do like tapas places. I was actually looking to at some photos of a particular place I love in London, where you call it tapas, but the the the, the portions are enormous, and they do things like um, Iberian pork and um, um, different cuts of beef, and they're actually quite you know they're quite sizable. So that that kind of thing, um, I will go for a burger and, and ask them to hold the bun. Um, especially if it's a homemade thing. I was up in Scotland recently. They've got a lot of Aberdeen Angus up there, obviously, and uh, it would have been crazy of me to not to give a couple of those a go. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, the, the, there, there aren't many many things I, I won't try, as long as they're sort of high-protein, moderate fat, and the carbs are uh, kept away from me, I'll, I'll go for it. Very cool. On the idea of travel, uh yeah. What's uh, your favorite destination, and like, where would you go back like a million times if you were to just go someplace? Yeah, good question. Um, I, I do. Uh, I go. I, I've got into the habit in the last ooh, more than ten years. I go to uh, Santorini, which is a Greek island, uh, and I go every year. Um, it, uh, uh, it's just above Crete on the uh, in uh, I can't remember the sea. <laughs> I should do. I've swum in it enough times, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But I go to Santorini every year um, for a few weeks in the summer. Uh, I go to Zanti, Zakynthos, which is on the other side of the Greek mainland uh, in May as well. Um, 
I would go there constantly. I, I do. I do love the 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 Greek Greek food is very clean. Um, okay, there's, you've got tourist spots where you know they'll serve chips or fries with everything, of course. However, um, it's mainly fresh. There's a lot of seafood. Um, that they they love steak. They love lamb. Um, they love home cooking. So it's one of the things I don't need to worry when I'm traveling. So, you know, hitting, hitting Greece is exceptional. Um, it's great. It's great. Um, I'm going to, um, I'm going to Rome in the next couple of weeks, uh, and then to Sicily and, uh, and then coming home via Berlin. So that'll be a, um, a challenge. Uh, Sicily sh- and uh, Sicily should be okay. Cause I think it's quite earthy and basic so i'm expecting sort of home cooking the going on there rome i expected to be pizza 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 and pasta <laughs> to, to, to add you know so i may have to have a mouthful just to say i've had it but that that is a you know is a worry um i'm sure there'll be a bit of veal maybe but you know we, we know uh, carbs and italian food berlin um strangely the the Take the beer out of the equation. Um, been to Berlin a few times. I went earlier this year. Um, pretty good for keto. Uh, lots of sort of earthy, um, you know, like uh, pork knuckle, those kind of things, uh, and sausage. Okay, you're probably going to have a bit of guesswork around the sausage, but they're, they're pretty good on the, um, you know, on the good quality meats over there. So that, that's going to be interesting as well. Yeah. Oh, so uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. If you know, to answer your question, literally and straightforward, um, drag me to Santorini every year, stick me on the beach, uh, repeat, repeat, repeat for three or four <laughs> weeks. I'm perfectly happy with that. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. So bringing it back around a little bit, because um, this is a question we typically ask everyone that we haven't gotten around to asking you yet. But uh, on your on your keto journey, compared to your research versus uh, what you experienced, what would you say surprised you the most? Mm, good question. What surprised me? Um, I suppose it initially what surprised me is the fact that it's contra to what you're told or brought up with. So I'm, I'm of that generation, you know, I was born in the early 60s, food triangle, um, you know, whole grains are good, all of that kind of thing. I was very fortunate to get dragged down the paleo rabbit hole early doors. I, I allowed that to happen because I was listening to some podcasts at the time that really interested me. So although paleo isn't low carb, regardless of what people say, um, I, you know, I allowed my mind to wander around that and do a bit of N equals one and, um, uh, and, do, and did my own research. But what surprised me was the way I was able to be quite lazy with keto um, and still drop weight and um, reduce inflammation. Uh, they're the sort of key, they were the key surprises that there were things within my diet which I considered to be, uh, you know, the, the gold standard. This is going to make you live forever. And they were actually having the reverse effect. Certainly the whole grains thing uh, and all of that. Um, it is, it's perhaps harsh to say it's a nonsense, but it really is. When I say to people kind of jokingly grains of the devil, um, they sort of look at me like I'm 
I'm deranged and it's like just just leave them alone have some nice clean healthy you know have a steak um just go carnivore for 10 days and tell me you don't feel better mm-hmm. uh, okay you can't you know that's a tedious way to go through life but you know you can prove a point with that and 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 it did surprise me that i didn't drop dead within nine months <laughs> of keto quite the opposite and feel much better for it so yeah that was the biggest surprise yeah, we, we have so much um, – some would call it propaganda. Just I would call it more just misinformation uh, that yeah. has informed us over the past 50 to 75 years that all of these whole grains, all of these other things are what we really need. And uh, no, <laughs> just plain <Yeah>. no. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it's it's been a revelation, I think, to all of us when we we step away from those things and we end up more healthy. You know, we're right now when we're recording this, it is the seventeenth of November, so we are just over halfway through Carnivember, um, yeah. and really has been. Uh, I, I've I've been able to stick to it for the most part. The only things I've I've splurged on a little bit, and I'm I'm not even gonna, I'm intentionally not calling it a sheet because it's not a sheet. It's still keto, uh, but I, I've had a couple keto bricks whenever I didn't have ready-made food available otherwise. Yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with that. It, you know, in this case, it wasn't carnivore, no, but it didn't throw me off. It didn't spike my insulin because they designed it not to. <laughs> it's just not. It doesn't. Um, so uh, you know, I've I've uh, I feel like I'm leaning out a little bit. As I mentioned earlier, my energy's up. It's crazy that 14 days, you know, or actually, you know, 17 days of primarily uh, animal product yep. can just make you feel like a king. And it, it, it's so it's such a great elimination diet in that way, uh, just to, to clean things out and to, to start start things fresh. So, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah there are, you know, I, I, I made a note here that there are no silver bullets, um, shortcuts or hacks. Um, but, yeah, I suppose kind of are with the, you know, the, carnivore thing is a, is a good example of that but there are you know, i suppose what i mean by that as a general statement is um you know that it, it, when people want to shortcut the, the system you know you've, you've got to strip it back to basics and and trust the science the science that that, that keto delivers uh, try and ignore some of the general mainstream messages where somebody's trying to sell you a product you know a, an animal isn't a, okay it'll be a farmer obviously what I mean by that, it hasn't got a label on it. It's a, you know, it's it's a living thing, and um, you know, you there it is. You, you, it's not been interfered with. You, you're not necessarily uh, adding to uh, some organisations' uh, greater good. Um, there are no benefits uh, to anybody else other than you eating that, and the benefits to yourself. Yeah. So which leads me to a question that I'm just curious. This is just caught off the top of my head. Did did the Impossible and Beyond Burger stuff make it over there? That those uh, fake beef beef patty plant garbage. It depends. Um, right. If I would say no, in so much that I literally haven't seen any. Um, again, social media is a strange beast. So if you believe social media, they they're quite popular. But I, uh, I mean, I live in a particular part of the UK where it's massively rural. I mean, Lincolnshire isn't Texas, but it might, it's kind of the, a similar kind of mindset that it's a, it's very real, it's rural, it's agricultural. Um, 
So if you want to live one of those kind of plant-based, um, uh, you know, navel gazy lifestyle, you're not going to gain a massive amount of traction here without searching something like that out. Um, you know, you know, we, statistically, it's probably the same as anywhere else. But I've not seen uh, the, the products like that. The name doesn't ring a bell, and the fact that it doesn't ring a bell means that no, it probably hasn't uh, here at all yet. I don't doubt that it's available in some, um, you know, some niche stores, but it tends to be either out and out uh, vegetable ve- vegetarian option. And it's sort of you know your normal falafel chickpea route, or or not. You know, I've not seen any sort of hybridisation. I don't doubt if you dug deep enough in certain elements, certain areas of London, it's gaining traction. But, um, no, not heard that. So uh, let's let's start winding down a little bit. But one of the questions that I oftentimes ask is about resources, things that you have found along the way that help you be able to, uh, that, that maybe you found them early on or wish you had, what are some of the two or, t- uh, two or three top resources that you use on a regular basis? Uh, well, originally, uh, so I, went, I went with the Dukan diet originally. Uh, I've only noticed recently that the guy's actually got a social media presence. I've not noticed that until I decided to have a bit of a reset after the summer. And um, I thought, right, I'll go pure Dukan again uh, at what they call attack mode. And I noticed that it had a, um, a social media presence. So I wish I'd have known uh, that it was a bit wider than just the book originally. Um, and then there were sort of a range of people who were not necessarily around the nutrition side and people like Jeff Sokol, who's a kettlebell guy, uh, he was massively useful in in sort of me developing personal workouts and things like that. And uh, what um, one guy who um, had a podcast, he's a, an oncologist, an American oncologist called Dr. Colin Champ, and he uh, is a paleo um, cancer specialist. He's only in his sort of mid thirties now, but he he had the uh, um, the caveman doctor. I can't remember the name of the exact name of it. Mm-hmm. But, um, it was him and some other chap had this podcast. It ran for about 80 episodes. It's probably still out there on iTunes. Uh, and that was massively useful because you had somebody who was a mainstream, um, you know, a, a, an oncologist. So he ran this podcast more or less as he was qualifying as a doctor. And, um, but he was very much around low carb is the way to go. Mm-hmm. I want to treat my patients on low-carb diets, uh, and it's Roger Dickerman. That's the other guy here. Relentless Roger, and the, that's it. Relentless Roger and the Caveman Doctor. Hmm. That was the, the podcast. That was massively helpful because you had Roger, who was the guy who was the sort of exercise functionality side, uh, and you had Colin Chan, who was coming at it as a, from, from a physician's point of view. So you had these two people who, you know, it was like a bit of a dream team, really. And that was really useful to, for me to sort of give me some uh, endorsing what I was doing, that what I was doing was, was right. Uh, so, yeah, that, they're, they're kind of the, the top guys there who, um, who I would say were useful to me on my journey. Um, back in the day, as the old phrase goes, 2011, it was very scant 
the information. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mentioned, I, I, I made a comment on one of the uh, one of our posts earlier on about this dizzy spell thing, and I, I spent about two or three months having these dizzy spells, but I, I knew nothing of taking any supplements. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, magnesium, potassium, salt, whatever. Um, I just ploughed through and thought, well, this is just you know what, what is wrong with me. Uh, you know, when. I didn't connect the two necessarily. In hindsight, it obviously is connected. But, um, you know, so, yeah, I, I, we're fortunate at this stage of the game that there are lots of resources out there. Uh, there are little rabbit holes that you can find yourself going down that you've got to be wary of. But we all have these little sojourns and we go, oh, that's great for me. And then you come out and you think, hmm, maybe not. Because I went through that phase and I thought I can have I can have everything. I can do the keto. I can play around with macros. I can push the envelope. I can probably have that extra glass of wine. And you know what? You can't. You've, you've got it. You know, you've, it's moderation and honesty. That's what you've, that's what you've got to, you've got to apply there. You know? Absolutely. Well, Alberto, any final questions before we, uh, we cut Carl loose? Uh, no, no, not at all. It's a great conversation. It was an honor to have you on. Uh, I'm glad I could be part of the hashtag be like Carl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. I've started using it myself. One one thing I would leave it at that I uh, this isn't my quote, by the way. I, I, I did actually make a note of this because we've, we've had a you know we've covered all sorts of bases here, but I can't remember. It was one of the people I used to listen to the podcast, and there was somebody was it was obviously new to the process. It was like, well, you know, I, I I want the I want things to happen quicker than they are, and um, and I think people, you know, you, you start the journey and then we everybody is different and they have their own milestones and their own triggers and their own um, things that happen in life that can derail you. And I remember this guy saying, uh, the bad news is that it takes time. Well, the good news is it only takes time. And, and that's it, and, and isn't it? And and I, to be honest, I remember thinking that made no sense whatsoever. And I thought, ah, hang on, yeah, I, I get it. Um, it. All you've got to do is just trust, trust, trust the process, uh, and just let it come to you. Don't don't fight it. Don't chase it. Let it come to you. I think uh, you know. And really, I mean, let's be honest. It, in theory, you only need to do this once, don't you? You only need to do it once, and when you get there where you need to be, you just need to maintain that. So, uh, you know, you could say it doesn't have to be. Uh, you don't need to see it as a, as a massive mountain to climb. You just climb it the once and then just, just keep that plate spinning when you're there. Yeah. So there you go, yeah. That's a, that's a, hell, of a hell of a closer there. Yeah, I think <laughs> so. That's all right. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. You know, it's uh, great uh, to say, uh, wave over the pond to everybody because it's uh, – predominantly uh yeah yeah us us team but you know there, there are a few of us over here on the on in the 51st state doing our thing so that's great absolutely and you're our first uh international spot on oh another one first international that's my new hashtag i i love it <laughs> that works <laughs> nobody will know what it means but it works with our little with our little click that's what that's all we need to know yeah yeah absolutely well uh let's let's not let it linger any past that that was a really great way to close us out thank you so much carl for joining us uh, all of our social information 
um, for uh, me and the other hosts are on our website, theketomansclub.com. Carl, uh, how can people connect with you on social media? Uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, Facebook uh, forward slash Carl.k as the name spelt. And I can be found at the same Carl.k on Instagram. Uh, I've got a little presence on those. It's, it's, it varies between a bit of lifestyle, a bit of this, a bit of the other usual nonsense. Oh, look, a cat, you know, all that sort of thing. But, <laughs> no, I'm, there. I'm there. If anybody wants to send me a friend request, I'm, uh, I'm more than happy. Uh, yeah, absolutely cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, I think that's it for this week. Until next week, make sure to eat meat, lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Would you help us spread the word about the Keto Man's Club by sharing with your friends and family? We're available on all podcast platforms, so just search for Keto Man's Club and you'll find us. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. Our web address leads to our Facebook group, theketomansclub.com. That's T H E. K-E-T-O-M-A-N-S-C-L-U-B dot com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. Lastly, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out via email to Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week.